and welcome on the Barricades. This is a podcast produced by Eastern European and oh, academic and journalists. Uh, I am your host, Maria Cernat, and with me, as usual, the co-host of our show, the Bulgarian-born Polish journalist, Bojan Stanislavski. Thank you for being here with us. Thanks. And we discuss again feminism, feminism uh, in Eastern Europe in relation to Western feminism and especially feminism in Poland with Ursula Kuczynska, who is a feminist, an activist and uh, an important voice of uh, Polish feminism. Now, we discuss in the first part, why is feminism unpopular? And we kind of reached the conclusion that there are multiple elements. First of all, the thing that it was imported, I mean, the feminism and the feminist brand that is mainstream, both in uh, Poland and Romania, was imported from the USA. And it's mostly um, liberal feminism based on individual freedoms and right, individual uh, empowerment agency, freedom of choice, and so on and so forth. And the idea of being included into a system that is unjust. Uh, nowadays, mainstream feminism, feminists in our country fight for equal shares of inequality, and they fight to be included into a very problematic system um, and uh, they think that if they become presidents, uh, CEOs, and important public figures, uh, everything is uh, solved for the vast majority of women, which, of course, it is not the case. Now, also... Um, being myself subjected to a lot of online hatred, I come to the conclusion that also Ursula put forward that spending a lot of time on social media doesn't guarantee anything. You bury your head as a feminist in social media and you tend to forget that the real life happens outside it. And while you may gain a lot of popularity from staying a lot of and spending a lot of hours on the social media, well, there are other people who organize outside it and they manage to impose such harsh measures like the complete ban of abortions in Poland, for example. And um, for this segment of our discussion, I want to I want to get a little bit more personal and maybe ask uh, Ursula to share some of her experiences as a feminist in Poland. Where did it start and how did it evolve? <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you for uh, thank you for having me again, and and uh, great to see you both. Um, I would say that uh, my involvement uh, with feminism started in two thousand sixteen. Um, you know, with the wave of the black protest, but like pretty quickly. Just for uh, the viewers, because maybe there are others who are not familiar. Uh, women were dressed in black. This is why it was called the black feminism. Just a quick black reminder protest. for the viewers that maybe don't know what this was all about yeah the black protest in 2016 was uh, uh, like a great spur of uh, uh, mobilization uh, with the use of social media but outside of social media 
uh, you know, to protest against the attempt to introduce a complete abortion ban in Poland and to criminalize, uh, you know, abortions and miscarriages, uh, miscarriages in effect. And at the time, it was uh, successful in stopping short, you know, the right for time being, uh, because the topping came back, let's say, uh, four years later. But that's when I got involved with the movement. Um, first, uh, on a street level, completely street level as an activist, uh, organizing events and helping to organize events and networking with the girls for whom it was the first time, just like for me. Uh, but very quickly, it became clear for me uh, that, you know, street activism is um, a great way uh, to make um, your presence known, but it won't translate into legal uh, solutions. For that, uh, you need uh, in our systems of representative democracy as, you know, uh, as uh, flawed as they are, you need uh, legal and parliamentary re representation. So I got involved with, uh, with uh, Partia Razem um, <clears throat> uh, in the same year, in 2016, who uh, actually helped to uh, let's say, co-run the black protest, like help to co-initiate it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I stayed with them until, until I got kicked out uh, mm. uh, from, from the party, which was, uh, which was last year, uh, on the grounds of being, of uh, discriminating against uh, sex workers and mm. discriminant being transphobic. It happened after an interview I gave to um, to a popular weekly, uh, like popular national uh, national weekly, uh, where I um, voiced, you know, reservations. Not so much a critique, but reservations, because in two thousand and twenty, as you know, uh, our constitutional tribunal. Mm, you know, uh, made the decision that uh, uh, abortion due to fetal abnormalities, etc., etc., is not in line with the Polish constitution and introduced, like, you know, and st stopped, say, and took away the right of women to decide what to do uh, under such severe uh, circumstances. And another wave of protests uh, erupted. But they very quickly turned into something that I would say was not really feminist at all because they got hijacked by uh, the queer movement. And very quickly you, you saw a wave of, uh, for instance, for instance med uh, social media influencers who got trashed online for using the word woman during anti-abortion ban protests because they were not inclusive enough, you know, when they were talking about sex-based uh, oppression, they had to make sure that, uh, you know, people with uteri uh, who were not women, etc., got included as well. Uh, the thing was that this stance translated into not really slow, but very quick uh, death of the social movement and protests. And in the interview I gave, uh, I, I, that's exactly what I said. I warned against it. 
I said that it's against our political in, uh, interests and that's probably not very inclusive at all to, uh, you know, to try to substitute women in discussion uh, at a time of, you know, sex-based oppression being made to law with people, with uterai, etc., etc. And yeah, and that's where, that's when the hell broke loose. Then I had my, uh, then I've been followed very closely on Facebook. Each of my comments was scrutinized. You know, people who gave me likes on Facebook were, uh, you know, uh, called out for giving me likes. Uh, then like the whole interview got dissected. I was taken to, uh, you know, the party court for uh, being transphobic. Uh, then the uh, sex workers got involved uh, and used their, you know, social media presence to, you know, voice their opinions on how transphobic I was, etc., etc. <clears throat> and I got kicked out. Uh, got kicked out of the party, uh, but I, I have not stopped being involved with the feminism and feminist cause. Uh, me and a few women who actually share my experience, but most of all uh, share my views, we founded our own organizations and are uh, slowly working, you know, to make our dissenting voice heard. Well, thanks. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a really interesting, uh, well, interesting, I'm not sure which word to use. It's an interesting story in a sense that it, it gives you a sense of what, what, what the circumstances really are. And uh, of course, it's a sad story at the same time because it proves uh, the point that I made in the previous segment, how ignorant the left is. I mean, to to expel someone from a minor social democratic party, which barely got into the parliament, okay, thanks to a larger coalition with people that they used to hate before, by the way, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, th- so, so they, they just got into parliament and instead of advancing the most important things that are in their program or in their doctrine or whatever, they quarrel over someone having said something in, in, in you know, uh, <clears throat> that that some people you know regard as 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 uh, somehow unhelpful or unfriendly to them or whatever, and and they let their member being smeared by outside alien forces you know w- without displaying any minimum solidarity uh, with their own ranks with their own, own own experts with their own members and so on and so forth. So this is and, and also on top of that to accuse someone in Poland of nefarious political behavior and arguing that this behavior is transphobic or or what was the other what was the other sorry the, the other accusation transphobic and and pro-sex pro-sex or, or no anti, 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 anti right mm-hmm. anti-sex work to the extent that it's unacceptable is ludicrous on its face i mean how detached you gotta be from material and social reality around you while you you know being an activist or a politician to quarrel over things that don't matter a, an iota in terms of the public discourse and the internal political process in Poland and that also speaks in my opinion to what has been mentioned in the previous segment and uh, to what Ursula said now is that you can have all kinds of popularity that you want on Instagram on Facebook or whatever other social platforms and many people that are, you know, the vanguards of the most progressive, allegedly at least, most progressive circles, movements, organizations here. They've got great following 
you know, big follow, uh, big bunch of followers on Instagram, Twitter, and whatever. The problem, and, and, and you know, the problem is only that they, that they have it there. You know, they have it there and they can enjoy it. While the right wing, say, the, 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 the supreme leader, in inverted commas, of the country, Jaroslav Kaczynski, the, the actual dictator of the internal political process in Poland, he has zero following, okay, in, in social media. Yet he's got the power. And no and bank account. And no bank account. And he doesn't even have a bank account. <laughs> okay, no yeah. And, right. He doesn't even have a bank account. Like, but, but you, you know, forget the bank account. Like, I, 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 here is the, the thing is that he, he's not popular in the social media whatsoever. But you know yes. what I would say? Yes, of course. And I would say that only this time, you and know, no one understands it. Quarrels no from social media translate not only into challenging Kaczynski, but into throwing out somebody like Ursula. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? You know, yeah. that it only translates from social media to real life when it comes to canceling a feminist. Yeah, well, okay. Or or or, or someone who is just dissenting, a dissenting, yeah. voice, dissenting in, 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 voice in a bubble, right? Like, so this is, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not really an expert, again, in, in either feminism or social psychology and all those mechanisms that are, that, that I'm sure science has, has already examined and, 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 you know, produced works about and stuff like that. But this is not normal. I mean, this is not sane. Okay, to do that kind of things like there's, there's a lot of psychological disbalance in it. If you engage in some sort of, uh, you know, process where someone who is close to your organization is smeared from outside and you sort of, you know, instead of employing your basic political intuition. Okay, then then you, you, you somehow go about it in a way which is completely ununderstandable for anyone who is not into that pathological logic. <clears throat> uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I would just add one thing because I would say that this is um, this is it's important. You said, Boyan, that uh, you know, in order to do something like that, you have to be really blind to the reality you live in and the political surrounding, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that it's about uh, things that don't matter in the political discourse and on a larger scale. And funnily enough they started to matter on a larger scale because of what happened to me. Mm. Because the first people who got interested in what happened and they didn't even come to me, they, they do their own research on the internet, etc., were the right-wing journalists. So in effect, you know, my very niche article on how promoting sex work in Eastern Europe as empowering is nefarious, published by a national portal by the Polish television, and it was accessed millions of times. Mm, and mm. because of what happened to me, and because I also am an energy, I work in the energy sector, right? Um, I cooperate with the energy sector on a larger scale. And recently, you know, those fresh members of parliament of the party that used to be mine got actually cornered on national TV by right-wing journalists about what happened to me. And, you know, and it was the left that gave them the legitimacy to actually say that they are standing up for a woman that was trashed and smeared, you know, and hated on for a year on by the left. And they were right. 
Yeah, I, I know. That's a very sad about... thing. The right is more correct sometimes than the left. And that's like, you know. <laughs> and it is as if we never learn. I mean, I've been trashed myself for the crime of publishing an interview with a video chat worker that has been doing video chat for the past 15 years. And she said, not me, but the video chat worker, okay, the cam girl said that she's not in favor of the perspective of sex work. She doesn't align with that. And they were mm -hmm. so enraged with me for giving her a voice, platform, you know, yeah. <laughs> and a platform. And this is so sad because every time I would have tried to criticize this point of view that sex work is work or uh, trans women are women or whatever mantra, they would say that I should discuss with people who are actually involved in sex work. Well, guess what? I did. <laughs> and she was involved for the past 15 years and she didn't embark on this holy mission of transforming sex into work. So in prostitution, not sex, prostitution yeah. into a legitimate form of work. And they were so enraged and they were so, they were so vicious and so absurd in their treatment because I was not even so, you know, maybe you had a clear point of view at that time. I was not, you know, a clear abolitionist or an anti-sex worker, whatever, you know, but it got me radicalized, you know, when I saw how, how vicious the attack was and how exaggerating just for posing some questions. And I published recently the article of uh, written in 1976 by Joe Freeman that, that describes this whole thing related to sisterhood and how the women's liberation movement got so... Um, involved into this type of trashing a smearing feminist. You know, she has a famous quote, sorority is powerful. It kills mostly sisters. So the idea is that uh, starting from the very beginning, unfortunately, in the women's liberation movement, there were those problems with trashing dissenting voice. And also another thing that also applies to the, to the left, because the first article that was mostly uh, written, uh, mostly and widely read article by Joe Friedman is the tyranny of structuralness. The thing that online and usually in our groups, we don't have democratic structures of power. We have self-appointed leaders that base their power and uh, legitimacy on popularity. And that we have this star system of people who are self-appointed leader, but if nobody gave them the power, nobody can hold them responsible, you know. And they, uh, they become these uh, priests, you know, who say who is a feminist, who is not a feminist, who deserves credit, who deserves to be trashed. And they basically, you know, uh, manage this whole trashing system and uh, set the key for the rest to follow and to do the trashing. And it's so, I don't know what, what do you think we can do about this? <clears throat> you know, uh, <clears throat> I have been uh, I have been wondering about it for uh, for a really long time, <clears throat> and there is no better uh, answer than just be wiser. 
because um, you know feminism's got a problem with trashing, yes, but it's also uh, I would say it's like think about weird is that the left that should have learned from its own history that wiring you know unanimous admiration is counter effective uh, and who historically should have processed this lesson and learned from it never did never that's true that's true and that by the way that by the way is also what what, what maria uh, <laughs> spoke about this is the legacy this is clearly you know 100% legacy of stalinism like you know, no dissenting voices, and it's also present, by the way, uh, not only in Eastern Europe but also in 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 you know the remnants of the social democratic yeah. parties in the West. Stalinism is a very powerful modus operandi, not in terms of ideology that you want to set up whatever camps in Siberia for prisoners, something like that. No, 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 that's not that. That's about the mode of of approach to 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 organization and the and and the kind of hierarchical top down uh, no dissent. Uh, uh, <clears throat> no acceptance to dissent structure so this is this is a very very big problem and of course of course it speaks to what Ursula just said in my opinion at least it speaks to the fact that the last 30 years were absolutely totally utterly lost by the left the left has not made the slightest effort to analyze why the two big projects that the left has had in history which is the Western socialism and the Soviet-style bureaucratic, whatever it controlled socialism. Why did both of those projects fail? fail? Exactly. No reflection, no movement forward. Same old slogans, same uh, you know mantras, and like I don't know, maybe they're hoping for for someone to uh, to to to. To be and able to refresh those slogans to the extent that they're ignoring the ones again. that tried to do offer such an explanation, because for instance, Richard Wolff spent the famous economist spent ten years mm -hmm. of his life trying to explain exactly that. I just found out because he spoke about it, and he wrote a, a very you know extensive book on why. This, those projects fail. But it seems like we never learn, isn't it, Ursula? We never learn. We don't learn from yeah. Joe Friedman. We, it is like we, history started yesterday. Uh, yes. And, you know, the social media culture, where the left feels strong, because they have strong social media <clears throat> presence, etc., uh, you know, only reinforces that. You know, like, have a look at how people on Instagram act. It's like uh, there was nothing before them, you know, uh, like they discovered the problems that have been discussed, uh, you know, uh, in discussions for hundreds of years, you know. Uh, so like this culture of like feeding on your own, let's say, ideas and never trying to link them and put them in the historical context or in a wider context, never like, allowing yourself for the perspective that the ideas in your head may be the product of circumstances, historic, social, etc. circumstances, you know, uh, that's very much absent, you know, uh, uh, on our side of the political debate, which is very sad because this is a very nation of what the left is. The left is about uh, you know, networking, 
togetherness. It's about, uh, you know, big numbers, not only about individuals, right? And this is kind of, uh, I would say it's a paradox that, uh, you know, that I would say that this kind of community uh, thinking got eaten up by the culture of individualism. And it's only uh, during situations like uh, like the one uh, I went through and you went through, uh, Maria. So in terms of trashing and trying to, you know, uh, make somebody scapegoat uh, and paint them black, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that's when this group thinking kind of magically switches in. Exactly. Uh, when there is somebody to be trashed, the all solidarity, you know, they work hand in exactly. hand. They are perfectly coordinated, <laughs> isn't it? You know, and it's a paradox, and it's something very, very interesting, you know, to explore, certainly for a philosopher, because a sociologist would have a different approach. But there, I would say it's a, it's a deeply rooted philosophical problem, how our thinking got hijacked by individual, like, neoliberal approaches of this individual emancipation and individual achievement and individual popularity but uh, when uh, when you can find your strength in the numbers of you know people you think agree with you then uh, you make use of it and do good use you know because uh, situations like the one that happened to me or to you like i mentioned it's actually you know playing the right wing's game it's showing them that they are right to be afraid of what's left of the left, you know, and it's, it's showing them that there must be some deeply rooted problem with the leftist thinking, you know, if, uh, if it resorts to the same, let's say, terrorist measures, you know, like to put it frankly, over and over and over again. Yes, I would definitely say so. But to end up in a more positive note, I, I think that also in Romania there are some descending voices. Unfortunately, the mainstream is so dominated and I don't think they even realize. But they resemble with what I mean the queer, for instance, community. They resemble, unfortunately, with what Boyan described as the Catholic fundamentalists in what respect? They perceive themselves as a besieged fortress. Yes. They are the pure ones and they act like conservatives. I'm sorry to say this, but they perceive themselves as the pure ones uh, living in a besieged fortress, you know, while at the same time, when you tend to look at it, especially Romanian feminism, how many gender critical feminists, turfs, swerves, whatever they call us these days, or they label me, they, they, I got the label before knowing what it is. <laughs> know what it meant you same know thing. same thing don't worry <laughs> that i am a, a cis white racist swerve twerf uh, whatever so how many i mean they dominate for instance in romania the feminist landscape and the feminist discourse and yet they be, they perceive themselves as this besieged fortress and unfortunately they hold they held and they hold hostage the feminist movement because descending voices are um, 
are trashed. And there are women who write to me, you know, on private, or oh, you are brave for writing yeah. that. You are, but I'm not courageous enough, you know, because I'm so fearful that uh, this and that might happen to me. And uh, I do not want to associate publicly with you because you are so controversial. And, you know, this is the, the kind of thing. And yeah, but what kind of mindset is this? Like you're controversial to what? One, like 0.00001% of the society. I mean, that's what the community that is, you know, canceling you or doing all those bad things to you, it, it amounts to in the final aftermath. Is yeah, it but, the case? you know, when you live in a besieged fortress, you know, you don't do reality checks. Okay, you're right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't do reality checks. Uh, you know, uh, you are there because uh, that's, uh, that's the only reality you want. So why would you look at what's happening outside? That's pretty psychopathic, really. <laughs> yeah. But tell us more about your organization, because that is reason for optimism, I would say. Well, I would say it's a, it's a kernel of something. Yeah, it's a, it's a beginning of something. And that's, uh, that's, how, uh, that's how it's meant, uh, it's meant to be. And the funny thing is that we do cooperate, you know, pretty widely on the European level. Uh, but we have to keep it quiet for fear of, uh, you know, um, <laughs> what might happen on the social, on the social media. You know, so it's like exactly what you mentioned, you know, there is uh, some deeply rooted and deeply hidden um, um, realization that uh, feminist movement in a way got hijacked and blackmailed by something that it's more colorful and something that's more progressive than the feminism itself, uh, which is queer, uh, which is the queer movement. Uh, and there is this, you know, um, deeply felt need to go back to the material reality of who a woman is and to, you know, get busy with what's happening to women, actually. But nobody, you know, has the guts to talk about it openly. I know, but we do. <laughs> and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Boyan, for bringing us uh, together. Uh, and uh, to the viewers, we hope you found our analysis interesting. And uh, please go to our Patreon page, uh, pet uh, patreon.com slash the barricade this is where you can make a donation because we rely on uh, your help we are an independent media relying on our viewers to support us uh, thanks so much again Ursula thanks uh, Boyan Thank and to you. the viewers stay healthy keep fighting and we'll see you all next week